Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Take no more, says all I want. Sword and shield for the battlefield by myself. No one else than me. You can't stop me. Just what he said. Good morning. Thank you, thank you. Um, no fear, no sin. You can't stop. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. can't stop me. Good morning, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Akisha. That is like one of my favorite songs. And when, uh, (laughs) I'm just going to be honest, when I know the enemy is pushing at me or trying to get at me, uh, Canton Jones, uh, when I know he's trying to back me in the corner, when I know he's messing with my kids, I don't, uh, (laughs) my war cry is a praise. And I settle myself in the fact that you've already been defeated at the cross. And I'm going to do exactly what God said. I'm going to walk in the authority that's been given in me in Christ Jesus. And you're not going, you're not getting ready to punk me out. You're not getting ready to back me down. I'm not getting ready to put my sword down. I'm not getting ready to put my shield down because I know what the word says. You're already defeated. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take my position in Christ and my position in Christ says this. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's, that's what it said. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And so I just feed my spirit with stuff that ri- reminds me no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So that's warrior by Canton Jones. It's like, no, I'm a warrior. God called me to the battlefield. God equipped me with everything that I need inside of me. And so I'm not just getting ready to roll over and die. I'm not just getting ready to submit to the pressure of the enemy. I'm not, I'm not. Why? Because I know he was already defeated at the cross. And sometimes we just got to take that position. We got to take that stance. We got to recognize when the enemy is trying to uh, come in and present opportunities to us or say to us, this isn't going to work or say to us that the promises of God are not yes and amen, especially when you know you are in a season and God has already told you it's going to work when you are in a season and God has already told you 
I'm backing you up. I'm going to be the person backing you up. I got this season. I just need you to rest in it. I just need you to trust me. I just need you to lean not into your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge me and you shall. I'm going to direct this path. And when you become assured of that and get blessed assurance in the word that God is who he who he who he said he is, that God is going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. Then what you'll begin to do is position yourself for war. You'll begin to position yourself for war. You'll begin to understand the power that came when Jesus Christ died on the cross. And when you understand the power of who and what you are when Jesus Christ died, died on the cross, then you, when, when you're going through persecution, when you're going through suffering, when the enemy is trying to pre present to you like your suffering is not, is going to end, you'll start talking back to him. You'll start saying stuff to him like my suffering is only for a little while. You'll start saying to him, it's good that I was afflicted. It's good that I was persecuted. It's good that I was overwhelmed. It's good that I was consumed because the word already tells me that persecution is going to come. And he already told me that if I will persevere, right, then I'm going to come forth through pure gold. So you applying the pressure on me is not keeping me. As a matter of fact, you applying the pressure on me is putting me in the position to walk right into the fullness of everything that God called me to be. That's got to be the position. That's got to get to be the mentality. You got to get a little bit of gangster in you. You can be cute with it. You can be feminine with it, but you got to get a little bit of gangster in you. You got to get a little umph. You got to get a little moxie. You got to get a you got to get a little strength and that strength comes from the word. That's why we've been studying our spiritual blessings. That's why we've been spending time understanding who and what we are and who we are to God and what Christ did. Christ, when it says that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he came back with all power, shout out from heaven and earth in his hand. He say a little bit of power. He say some limited power. He said all power in heaven and earth is in his hands. So listen, when you decided, when you made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that same power that rests upon Jesus, the same power that rests upon uh that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the same power that's living in you. And we won't even operate in that strength and that power because we keep trusting what our eyes see. You cannot afford in this season to trust what your eyes see. That's the trick of the enemy. You cannot afford to be isolated. You cannot afford to be stead, not be steadfast in your word. You got to get some word in you. You got to get some word in you. You got to be baptized. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to get some word in you. And I'm talking about some word, not some an emotionalism, not something that's just going to make you feel good. You got to get some word in you. You got to have a fight in you. That's why I told you, if you ain't got but five scriptures that you can stand on, you got to have some word in you to wage a war against the enemy. You got to have some word, word in you to wage a war against the enemy. You ain't supposed to be backing down. You ain't supposed to be where the devil is busy. No, when the devil is busy, you pull out your sword. <laughs> you pull out your sword. When the devil is busy, you pull out your sword. When the enemy is coming out in like a flood, you pull out your sword. When the enemy is presenting something to you that does not look like what the word of God said, you pull out your sword. But what we do is we get meek. We get mild. Uh, we don't think it takes all that. And you got an enemy that's pressing in, that's requiring your life, that's trying to get you to abort your purpose. You ain't got time to lay down. You ain't got time to roll over. You ain't got time. You ain't got time to cancel and count yourself out when you know that the God we serve is with you. You ain't got to, that's why it's important. That's why the devotional is important. That's why your prayer life is important. That's why these things are so significant, right? This is why these things are so significant. But if you ain't got no word in you, it's not going to matter. Yeah, that is how Jesus combated Satan. He combated him with the word and we, and, and praise is our weapon and praise is good, but we'll go into this little praise type thing. And it's like, no, you need some word. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have some word. You gotta have some word. You gotta have some word. You got to have something that's going to defeat. See, Satan is slick. He knows the language, right? He knows defeated language and he knows warrior language. He knows when you're victorious. He knows when you know the word of God, when you believe the God. But he's also looking to see if your actions line up with the word. He's looking to see if your actions, he's looking to see if you trust his, he's looking to see if you really trust God with your money. 
He's looking. He's looking for any opportunity. He's making notes. Oh, she didn't pay her tithes. Oh, she didn't give like the Lord told her to give. Oh, she's worried. Oh, she's not stacking. Oh, she's not sewing. Oh, she's not saving. Right? He's looking for the gap that you're. And then you saying Luke six, Luke six and thirty-eight. Giving it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking together, runneth over. Men shall give into your bosom, but I'm not giving. Right. And so then when he starts to attack your money, he's looking to see if your, your principles still line up with what you say. That's just how he is. He's looking to see if you line up, if it's your family. And he has told you that God has told us in the word, blessed are the peacemakers or the peacekeepers. The enemy is looking to see if you're going to be the peacemaker or the peacekeeper. So he's going to present a situation in your family. Something's going to go down. Somebody's going to attack you. Somebody's going to come for you. And then he's looking for your response. The word of God, the word of God says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he's going to flee. But the problem is we don't submit those situations to God. We don't submit them to God. We'll submit them to his power. We don't trust. We don't really trust God at the capacity that we're supposed to, because if we trusted God at the capacity we were supposed to, we wouldn't be weary. We would not be overwhelmed. We would not be consumed. We would not, we would not, we would not, if we got enough word in us, you'll move different. You'll, if you got enough word in you, you'll move strategic. If you got enough word in you, you'll move like a silent arson. If you got enough word in you, you will yield your sword on your back. See, I'm a Wonder Woman fan. I collect Wonder Woman dolls. I collect Wonder Woman paraphernalia. And I watch the Wonder Woman movie often, even when it was old Wonder Woman, because I knew she harnessed a power in her. And when I watched her, I was like, Lord, this is how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be bold. We're supposed to be confident. We're supposed to be abiding in your love. We're always supposed to be seekers of truth. This is the type of person that we are supposed to be. This is how we're supposed to look in the spirit. We're supposed to understand the power that we are not God, but we are like God, right? She was not God, but she was like a God. So it's so, it's, it's so much in there. Let me go on and pray and get into the word today. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are sovereign. I thank you for a power that comes from on high. I thank you for your people today. I thank you for your sword. I thank you for your shield. I thank you for your might, Lord God. And I thank you for your strength. Father God, I need you today. The people need you today. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Let me just be the vessel. Take over this devotional today. Open our eyes. Give us ears to hear, Father God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for grace. Lord God, I thank you for waking us up this morning. I thank you for the activities of your limb. I thank you for how much you love us. And I thank you that the enemy was defeated at the cross. My God, in Jesus name. Amen. Let me read this scripture. And then I'm going to give you the last part of we are we are finished with Ephesians one. Like we have spent the last almost three weeks studying Ephesians 1. That's how you chew the word. Like that's how you chew the word. We've been digesting Ephesians 1 so we understand how blessed we are and that we don't just equate blessings with physical things. So I want to give you Isaiah 55. It says come to every come and this is the um Christian standard Bible. Come everyone who is thirsty. Come to the water. Come you without silver. Come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without silver and without cost. Why do you spend silver on what is not food and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and you will enjoy the choices of food. Pay attention and come to me. There's something significant when God is saying this. He's saying, pay attention and come to me. He ain't saying go nowhere else. He said, pay attention and come to me. In this season, you got to come to me. You got to come to the word. You got to position yourself. He said, I will make a permanent covenant with you on the basis of the faithful kindness of David. Since I have made him a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. So you will summon a nation you do not know and nations who do not know you will run to you. For the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel has glorified you. Seek the Lord while, may, while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him. God is a loving. Can I, 
God is a loving, forgiving God. He is always looking to have compassion for you. He is always looking to turn the situation around. He just wants you to come to him. He just wants you to repent. And he's like, if you come this way, I'm going to have compassion on you. Right. And I'm going to freely forgive you for whatever it is that you've done, for whatever it is that you've done. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my, your ways are not my ways. You don't even understand the mind of God. You don't really necessarily understand the mind of God unless you completely have the mind of Christ. It says, for as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat. So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will come up and instead of briar, a myrtle will come up. This will stand as a monument for the Lord an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. God is with you. Like God is with you. That's the word of God. God is with you. So he's saying, come to him. All of you who are heavy, come to him. All of you who are overwhelmed, come to him. All of you are who consumed. The enemy will make you think it's not important for you to come to God, but you got to just get on your face before God, baby. You just got to lay out before God. You just got to take all your problems and issues. If you'll come to God, you'll leave the enemy defeated. If you'll make a decision that, you know what, I'm sick of handling this in my own strength. I'm sick of handling this in my own power. I'm, I'm not going to keep trying to do this on my own. I'm going to lay this at your altar this morning and I'm going to allow you to teach me your precepts and I'm going to allow you to renew me and I'm going to receive the fact that I'm forgiven and I'm going to receive the fact that there is still a promise and that there is still a call on my life and I'm not going to let the devil keep talking to me about my future making me think that I'm not worthy to receive. You got to come to him. You got to come and lay all that at the altar. You got to come and lay all that at the altar. You got to put that all at his feet. You got to not be so consumed. Girl, you worry too much. Girl, you worry too much. Boy, you worrying too much. You putting too worry, much worry on a circumstance and a situation that God has already said he had. Can I tell you something? If you really knew the power of the cross, if you really knew the power of the cross, you would take every circumstance, every situation and submit it to Jesus. You, you would, you, you would, if you really understood the power of the cross, if you understood the magnitude of the cross, you would take every circumstance, you would take every situation and you would be like, I'm not getting ready to spend a whole lot of time worrying. Well, we know that the only way that you're going to be able to do that is by the renewing of your mind right? Not talking so much. It's funny because last night at Bible study, my uncle said what the Lord had been showing me in this season, in this season, you'll be more quiet if you're in position and allowing God to deal with you. You won't talk too much. You ain't going to be on the phone so much. You're not going to just lose, have loose words. Well, it's hard for you to connect to the power of God when you run in your mouth so much. It's, it's hard for you to receive revelation it's hard for you to get what you need. It's hard for you to get the infilling of the Holy Spirit that you need when you run in your mouth so much. Do you know a sign of running your mouth is you still operating in your own strength? <laughs> Do you know that? Do you know that you running your mouth so much is still a sign of you operating in your own strength? Do you know if your mouth is still on the situation other than confessing it? It's a sign of you operating in your own strength. If you and your friends are still having the same conversation, thank you, Lord, about this same situation again and again, then you're still trying to work it out in your own power. You're still trying to work it out in your own strength. If you're trying to conceive it, if you're trying to do it in the natural, then you're not taking it to the altar. See, altar work is permanent. It looks different. Self-work is almost like plastic surgery. You're going to be messed up after a while. Yeah, you're going to be messed up after a while. See, when people get plastic surgery, by the time they get to death, they're either constantly acting, having to continuously do plastic surgery because the elasticity in the skin still changes. 
Come on now. But altar work is permanent work. You're transformed from the inside out. That was a word for somebody. That was a word from altar work is permanent work. You're, you're transformed from the inside out. It doesn't look the same. So let's get into word today. We're in the last part of this with Ephesians 1. All right. And this is Paul praying and he's talking about spiritual insight and he's already prayed. He said, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. First, I, you need some wisdom and you need some revelation. You need some wisdom and you need some revelation. You've been operating in your own wisdom and revelation for far too long. Like you've been, I, I don't want you to even be in a position. Come on, Lakeisha and operating your own wisdom and revelation. Right. And then he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know what the is the hope of his calling. I'm praying that your eyes are open, that you're full of purpose. We talked about that yesterday, that your eyes are open so that you understand that you are full of purpose. So you stop second guessing whether or not, whether or not you got purpose inside of you, you are full of purpose. Now, whether or not you walk in the entry level and let that person be purpose be developed out of you looks a little bit different. And then he says, and then he says, you may know what is the hope of his calling? What is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? So today's word is I've got the power (laughs) like you've got to have the power. He said the exceeding greatness of his power, the exceeding greatness of his power. So let's talk about what this power looks like. And I want to bring you two stories today. And I want us to get into two, two stories today. And these two stories are going to correlate with us. What, what the power of God looks like, right? I want these stories are going to correlate with us. So I'm going to Zechariah first, and I need you to know Zechariah is these books. When we get into these latter books, they're considered to be the minor prophets, but this is not minor. Um, like they were lower level part prophets. That's not what it's meant when it's saying minor prophets. It was so little was written. So little was written, but these were prophets of God speaking to Israel. And so I need to go over into Zechariah and, and tell you what was going on. Um, God was calling the exiles home. He was calling a return to the Lord. He was saying to them, I've been angry with you. You already did all this crazy stuff. And I'm just so grateful that we have Jesus. And so now I'm getting ready to call you home. Like I'm getting ready to call you home. I need to bless you. I need to position you. I don't need your enemies to think that they have won over you. Right. He says, so I'm getting ready to call you home. Right. He starts identifying them. He starts telling them you are my most prized possession. You are my most prized possession. And he just started talking about cleansing for the high, high priest. This is Zechariah first, second, third. And then we're going to get into the fourth chapter. But I love what he says here. This is the chapter three. He says, then the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, because what God is doing to Zechariah, he's giving him visions, right? And he says, so the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, the accuser at the angel of the Lord, the accuser of Satan was there at the angel's right hand. There's so much in this that I want to teach you. There's so much in this I want to teach you, but I can't even get there. He says the accuser of Satan was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Jeshua. I'm getting ready to show you how important repentance is. And I'm getting ready to show you what repentance will do for you. There's a power that comes in repentance. There um, is something strong that happens when you repent, right? Then what happens is you reset a thing and then Satan can't stand in the high courts and accuse you. Satan can't hang. Satan can't stand in the high courts and accuse you once you've repented and says, and the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord reject your accusations. See, that's what the blood of Jesus did. That's why I said to you, if you, you may not understand the power of what the blood does, right? You may not understand the power of reconciliation. You may not understand the power of forgiveness through Christ Jesus. So Satan is in there. He's accusing. He's making accusations against Jeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations against Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. 
fire. Jeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Jeshua, he said, see, I've taken away your sins. Come on now. He said, see, I've taken away your sins. And now I'm giving you these new fine clothes. That's why we've been putting emphasis on the spiritual blessings that the, when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he took away your sins. Your account is white clean. And I know somebody is like, but I messed up last night. Good. Repent. Get on your face before God and a true repentance. Your slate will be white clean. So he says, see, I've taken away your sins and now I'm giving you these new fine clothes. I love God. I love what he does next. He says, then I said, they should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in a new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. I'm pretty sure Jeshua thought he was counted out. I'm pretty sure he thought he was counted out. He says, then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemn to Jeshua and said, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. If you follow my ways, listen, if you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you will be given authority over my temple and my courtyards. He's telling him, he said, if you'll follow my ways, if you obey me, I'll position you and I'll give you the authority and power in the area. See, I, it, can I tell you something? When you're in sin and when you're sinning, it takes away your power. That's why when you sin, condemnation comes in because the enemy knows that if you come on Holy Spirit, the enemy knows if you get caught up in this sin, right? If you're outside the spirit, if you let this sin consume you, if you think you're not worthy, if you think God can't ever use you, if you think that God can't um, re re reset this thing, he knows that. That's why the minute you sin, condemnation comes in. That's why those little voices are so loud in your head because he knows without a doubt that if they sin, then they step outside the power. They step outside the protection. So he comes in and he said, if you'll follow my ways, if you'll trust in my ways, if you'll lean not into your own understanding, right? And if all your ways, you acknowledge me, I'm going to direct my path. If you follow my ways, if you carefully serve me, then I'm going to give you authority over the temple, right? I'm going to give you authority in your mountain. I'm going to give you authority in your house. If you'll go ahead and deal with these sins, and then if you'll make a decision to carefully serve me, doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, but you're going to carefully serve me, right? Then I'm going to let you walk among these others standing here. Then it says, listen to me, O Joshua, the high priest, and all you other priests, you are symbols of things to come. Soon I'm going to bring my servant, the branch. Now look at the jewel I've set before Joshua, a single stone with face. And he goes on and he says, on this day, the Lord of heavens, armies, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit with you peacefully under your own grapevine and fig tree. So this is the last part of the prophecy. And this is what I love. This is Zechariah four. And it says a lampstand and two olive trees. Then the angel who had been talking with me returned and woke me as though I had been asleep. He said, what do you see now? He asked. He said, I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl, bowl of oil on top of it. Around the bowl, bowl are seven lampstands, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees one on each side of the bowl. Then I asked the angel, what are these, my Lord? What do me, what do you mean? Don't you know? The angel asked the, the, no, my Lord. I replied. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. So let me give you this. Zerubbabel had a God given passion to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Right. And it was decades ago. And so his story is told in part in the books of Ezra, right? And so Zerubbabel went back to Jerusalem and he had started laying the foundation, but the people didn't want the temple rebuilt. They didn't. And so they did not support him, right? As, as a matter of fact, instead they went to lawyers and judges and they began to do, they, they did a decree about him. But this is what I need you to know. When God puts a promise in your heart, I need you to hear me when God puts a promise in your heart, when God deposits a purpose down on you, it does not matter who be against you. If God is for you, it's going to work out. You got to stay patient. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. So he says, go to Zerubbabel. 
This is what he's saying. He's saying, go to Zerubbabel. He says, I need you to go to Zerubbabel and I need you to tell them. He says, not even a, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of the temple and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven armies has sent me. Do not despise. It's so much in this. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work began to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hands. The seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. And he said, then I asked the angel, what are the two olive trees on each side of the lampstand? And what are the two olive branches on the porch? He said, don't you know? He said, then he said to me, they represent the two heavenly beings who stand in the court of the Lord through all the earth. Come on, not by my, not by Zerubbabel. Tell him this round. You need to hear me. Tell him this round, Lakeisha. Tell them this round when they try it again and when they get ready to rebuild, it's not on them. See, that's God's power. See, when you're operating in your limited power, you put it on you. You put the responsibility on you. You put the work on you. Um, you try to do it in you. When it's in your power, it's on your degrees. It's on your strength. It's on your credit. When it's in your power, it's on you. But he says to him, he said, you tell Zerubbabel this time, it's not on him. You tell Zerubbabel this time that it's not on him. I just need him to be careful to follow my obey ways and to obey and to do what I said. You're not, it's not on them. It's not, it's not on them. It may not have worked the first time because you were trying to do it in your own strength and you were trying to do it on the backs of people. But I am telling you that it's not on you. So Zerubbabel, get ready to build again. My God. God, right? All of a sudden it says Zerubbabel's faith was stirred. And the reason Zerubbabel's faith was stirred was because he realized the thing that had been birthed in his heart was about to come to pass. But this round, it wasn't on him. This round, it wasn't on his plans. This round was according to his purpose. And this round was on the power, right? The power of God that works again. So get ready to begin again. Get ready to start again. Come on now. So he tells him, God is saying the same thing to us today. I don't care if the dreams seem too hard. I don't care that, that it seemed consumed. I don't care that it did, that it seemed like your promise wasn't ever going to manifest. The problem was before you tried to do it on you in this season and this session, you need the power of God operating through you. You need the power of God. This is not on you. It's on God's power. It's in God's power. It's in God's strength. You ain't got to make this happen. You ain't got to sell yourself out. You ain't got to dress a certain way. You ain't got to be in corners and at tables and with people that you know don't like you. You don't have to do, you don't have to try to fit in small places to make this happen. You don't have to have the favor of people. You got the favor of God, but you got to understand how God's power works for you. No, it's not on us this round. It's not on. I felt the strength when I was studying this. It's not on us this round. Get ready to start again. Get ready to pick it back up. But in this season and in this round, God is going to do it for you. Not by might, not on Lakeisha, not by power, not by strength. God is going to make every door, door open. And the reason that he's going to make every door open and everything be in sync, because you're going to trust him this round. You're not going to trust in yourself. You're going to trust in his power. You're not going to trust in his self, yourself. You're going to trust his power. You're going to trust his wisdom. You're going to trust his knowledge. Why? Because Paul tells us here, this is the same power. My God, this is the same power. This is the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. This is the same power that changed the story. So he said, no, I'm taking the same power that raised Christ Jesus in the dead. I'm going to place that same power in your life. And when I place that same power in your life, it's going to change the trajectory of everything around you. It's going to change the position. You'll get the temple built. The businesses will start happening. The marriage will come. All of these things will come place. Why? Because it's not in your strength. It's in my power. Now I want to take you to one more story. I want to talk to you a little bit about Gideon. It's, uh, it's so important that you understand how the power of God, and then I'm going to give you some scriptures 
works in your life. It's under, it's so important for you to understand how necess, ne- necessary it is for the power of God to be work. You've been working in your own strength. That's why you keep getting worn out. You keep trying to do it on your own. You keep thinking it's the way religion has taught you or it's the way people have taught you. And it's like, no, this is why the Holy Spirit is important because the Holy Spirit also gives you the power. And anytime we try to plug in or do it in our own strength, do you know what happens? We only have an limited amount of power and you don't want to be like Amalek. I was studying Amalek, the Amalekites. They wondered, they were nomadic. They kept wandering. You don't want to be a wandering person or a wandering spirit from post to post trying to plug into power. That's how we get into false doctrines. That's how we get caught up in things. We ain't got no business because we become like the Amalekites. We nomadic. We roam it from church to church. We roam it from person to person. We trying to connect to things that we feel like we would give us power, but the ultimate power source is through God and it's in Christ Jesus. So let's talk a little bit about Gideon this morning. I want to just give you a summary of the story. And most of us have had the story of Gideon. We know that Gideon was about to go to war. We know that Gideon had a very large army. Like Gideon Gideon had this large army, this huge army, this massive army. And he was about to go to war. And the Lord God comes to him and he's scared. I I need to tell you that he's very fearful. As a matter of fact, when, when the Lord tells Gideon, Hey, we're about to defeat, you know, we're about to defeat the Mennonites. I'm about to give you victory over Mennonites. Um, Gideon says to him, wait a minute, (laughs) wait, 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 wait. You know, I'm just a little po' boy from Manasseh. He says, wait, wait, I'm just, how am I going to defeat them? And he comes back and says, look, you're a brave man, Gideon, right? And the Lord God is with you, right? That's what he says. He's like, what? What?" He's like, what? He said, go out boldly, go out boldly and save your people. And and Gideon's like, wait a minute, Lord, how can I save Israel? I'm from poor folks. I ain't got no, I ain't got no money. And as a matter of fact, I'm the least. That's why I know God uses the least. He said, I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord God said to him, this, he said, I'm going to be with you. That's the difference, Gideon. I'm going to be with you. It's not by your power. It's not by your might. It's not by your strength. I'm not going to call you to this thing. I'm not going to call you to teach. I'm not going to call you to preach. I'm not going to call you to marriage. I'm not going to call you to parenting. I'm not going to call you to make impact in your city, state, nation, and world. And I'm not with you. I'm the Lord God with you. You just need to be careful and do the things that I tell you to do. And so he says, here's the first thing that I need you to do though. I need you to go back into the city and I need you to tear down their idols because what they've been doing is they've been worshiping other gods, right? They've been worshiping other God. He said, before I can set them free, I, I, I need you to know they're going to worship other gods. Well, the problem with this is right for him to go into the city and tear down the idol. He was risking his life. So he went in, he went in, we went out, he went out with 10 men. He threw down the image about, he cut it into pieces. It was a wooden image. He left it on the ground. And the next day the people were requiring his life. They were asking, they were like, they, they were like Joash, we need to kill your son because he destroyed Baal. And Joash with wisdom said, well, if Baal is a God, then he can take care of himself. You don't need to punish him. And just based on that revelation, people realized they had been watching what worshiping an idol and then they turn to God. So here's the next part. Gideon sent his messengers, right? They get ready. We are getting ready to go to war. And God says, you got too many people. He said, you got too many people around you. You got too many people for this. This is way, this is way, this is way too many people, right? And God was like, and he kept asking, he was like, God, give me a sign. And God gave him a sign. He asked God for another sign and God gave him another sign. He said, but yet you got too many people. He said, you don't need all them people with you. That's what he said. He said, in this season, you don't need all these people. You, what, for what I'm about to do for you, you don't need all those people with you. The people that were leaving you, the people that were separating themselves, the people that didn't want to go to you, the people that didn't want to conform, the people that didn't want to uh, walk this out with you, it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't need all those people anyway. You don't need all those people. So he told him, he said, get, get rid of them. He said, I'm going to show you how to find the men and the women that you need, the men that you need to battle with you. And so Gideon, 
Gideon, by God's man command, called 10,000 men out. He made them march down as the hill, just as though they were going to attack the enemy. And as they were beside the water, he noticed how they drank. And based on the way that they drank, he separated them, right? He separated them based on one they drank. He separated based on the kneelers and the lappers. That's how he separated them. Those that kneeled and those that lapped. Now listen, I have heard this story so many times. I've heard this story so many times and I asked the Lord, I said, what are you trying to show me in this? Right? I said, what are you trying to see? Cause he separated them according to the kneelers and the lappers. And as I began to study this, I needed to understand, or we needed to understand the significance of God's power in this situation. It was so his power could be demonstrated. It was so they could experience the power of God because he didn't want this victory to be put on them. So he separated him, right? 9,700 men are off to the right side. 300 men are off to the left side. And God says to Gideon, those are the 300 men that are going to go with you and you're going to defeat. These are the 300 men that are going to go with you and you are going to defeat you. I mean, judges, you are going to defeat them. You are going to defeat them. 300 men are going to go with you and you're going to defeat them. And the reason that I'm telling you, or I'm choosing them. See, it wasn't just about, we've been, we've had the emphasis on the water, on how they drank the water, right? We've had the emphasis where they drank the water and those that lapped like a dog, right? That, that, but there was something even more significant in that. It wasn't just the fact that they lapped the water like the dog and they could see around them. It was the fact they never put down their sword and shield. It was the fact that they never put down their sword and shield. They never put down their sword and shield. So he said, Gideon, I'm going to send the ones with you. Lakeisha, I'm going to send the ones with you that will never put down. I'm going to connect you to people that will not put down their sword nor their shield, their, their sword. I'm not, I'm going to connect you. You've got to be connected to people to win this war, to wage war, to win this battle, to advance, to take back territory for kingdom. You're going to have to be connected to people who will not put down their sword and their shield. And I'm going to tell you what the sword and the shield was. The sword is symbolic for the word of God. The sword is symbolic for the spirit of God. The sword is symbolic of the word of God, right? And that's part of our armor. We use the armor of God. We use the sword to fight the enemy. So that's why they were, they were deemed as being courageous. That's why they were deemed as being courageous because they did not put down their sword. They did not put down their sword. They did not put down their shield. So let's get an understanding of what the shield of God is. The shield, the shield of God is his protection. The shield of God is his provision. So they had their sword. They had the sword with them at all times and they were under God's protection. He who dwelleth in the secret place. See this deep. We in some deep land. We in some, we in some deep territory, right? So, but God was demonstrating to them. All you need is my word and my power. All you need is my word and my power. All you need. And that's what God is saying to you. All you need is his word and his power. You ain't got to do it in this season on your own. You don't have to do it in this season in your own strength. You ain't got to make it up. God's power is absolute and it's ordinate. It's omnipotent. It's absolutely everywhere. There are things that God will do and there are things that God won't do. What God won't do is he will not lie. What God won't do is he can't do evil. What God won't do is he can't swear by himself. God can't tell you something. He can't deposit something in you. He can't say this is going to manifest and happen to you and it's not going to happen. But you got to understand you need his power. You need his power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God in this season. Let me give you a few scriptures that just demonstrate the power of God and what the power of God looks like in his life. Luke 1 the angel replied, this is what I love. And he's talking to Mary. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
I keep telling you, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Anytime God's power is with you and on you, it deems you holy. It makes you set apart. All you need in this season is God's word and his power. Hebrews one and three, it says the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Everything in this season will be sustained by the mighty power of God's hand. As long as you are careful to obey, right? And follow his instructions. What wisdom is in this, right? For, for Colossians 2 and 12, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. When I trust God's power, it's limitless, right? Then I can do what Gideon did. I can take out a whole army with 300 people, or I can do what Zerubbabel did. I can build a temple when the, I can fulfill my promise. I can walk out according to purpose, right? Because God's power is upon my life. First Corinthians one and 18 says, I, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved now, no, no, it is the very power of God. It is the very power of God. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then when you trust in him, you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy spirit. My God, first Corinthians four and 20 for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. The kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. That's first Corinthians four and 20. And then the end part, Ephesians three and 20, one of my favorite. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, right? To accomplish way more than we can ever that think or imagine. So you got to have his power. You got to let his power work in you. You let, you got to let his power, his favor go before you. You don't have to do this in your own strength. You ain't got to figure this out. You got to just be careful to obey. You just got to be careful to obey. You got to be careful to submit. You got to be careful to, to yield. I know that this is deep, but this is the, this is the depth. This is the depth in which we need to go so we can become solid in the word. So when the enemy is telling you it's too late for your dream, when the enemy is telling you it's too late for your, uh, your ministry, when the enemy is telling you it's too late, it ain't going to never happen. You're, you're going to say, no, there's a resurrecting power in Christ Jesus that is coming in my life. And it's going to change this situation. There's a resurrecting power in Christ Jesus and it's coming in my life and it's going to change this situation. There is nothing that can withstand the power of God. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no demon. There's no devil in hell. There's no circumstance. When Jesus got up, all power on heaven and earth came up with him in his hands. And so if we are joint heirs to the cross, guess what? We get to walk in this same power. And so why would we be sitting around in anything less than what God intended us to have and to be in in this season? So you got to have a power. You got to understand the power that is working in you. This is real life power. This is not according to your self-righteousness. This is real power working in you. That's why you got to have enlightenment. That's why you got to pray these things. That's, you got, that's, why, that's why you got to be like, Lord, I need your power, right? Holy Spirit, I need to yield to you. I don't make a lot of decisions without talking to God. Simple things. I'm like, is this direction you want to go? What are we doing today? What do you want my day to look like today? Give me the right words to say. Don't be, I, I'm holding on to the Holy Spirit for dear life. I'm like, my God, I need you. I don't want to be without you in this decision because I know the Holy Spirit is connected to God because that's what Jesus said. And that's my power. That's my power. That's my power in the Holy Spirit. That's why I pray in tongues. Because it, that's the power. That's the power that comes in. There's a power that comes from that. And so just ask the Lord, Lord, I need your power. 
I need your strength. And then be careful to obey and to submit. And if you will follow God out, can I tell you something? If you'll follow God in your money, you'll begin to see power in your money. If you'll follow God and carefully obey what he says about relationships, you'll begin to experience his power in your relationships. If you'll follow God and do what he says, according to your purpose, you'll begin to experience his power. You just got to yield to the power of God that worketh within you. I love y'all. We got to go. That's all you got to do. You got to yield to the power of God. You got to get away from all this little cuteness. Get some time in your word, studying your word, understanding what your word is saying, understanding the power, not a good shouting message. You need some meat at the table. You need to be chewing on some stuff that's going to increase your ability so you can understand what and not just saying it, not mentally ascending it. Because if you got revelation, it should be active in your life. If you have revelation of the power that work within, if you have revelation of your adoption, if you have revelation, if you are constantly renewing your, renewing your mind and the revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus and you understand the spiritual blessings, then it's going to be evidence in your, I'm looking for the fruit. It's going to be evidence in your life. So there is a power that worketh in you. You got to get out your way and tap into that power. You got to, you got to understand the power. You got to trust the word and follow his ways. I love y'all, man. That was heavy. That was deep. I, when I was studying this, I was like, oh my gosh, Zerubbabel and Gideon both fulfilled their purpose in life, not because of who they were, but because of your power, not because of who they were. But because of your power, because of your power, because of your power, not by might, nor by strength, but by not your power, your power took over this situation. And so ask yourself, I wonder how many situations the power of God wanted to take over or God wanted to be involved. And I, I was on some little double A batteries when I needed to be plugged in a whole source, right? I was on some double A batteries. When I needed to be plugged into a whole source, right? My God. Yes, revelation so we can bear fruit. I love y'all. I love y'all so much, but more than anything, God loves you. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the demonstration of your word through Zerubbabel and through Gideon and through my own life. We thank you, Father God, that the power of the Holy Spirit is working within. We thank you that that power came through Jesus Christ. Lord God, let us, let our eyes be open and our ears are open to hear. So we understand this power in Christ Jesus, that we not resist the power, Lord God. Let us come to the altar. Let us come. Let us take all our heaviness to you, Lord God. Give us clarity in your word. So we're able to fulfill our assignment here on earth. Do you know why it's important for you to get saved? So that God's power can be working in you. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there is a power that begins to work in us. And it's the power to help us overcome sin. And it's the power to help us overcome temptation. And it gives us the power to go and fulfill our purpose. There is more to the cross than you just going to heaven. There is so much more to the cross than you just going to heaven. It's so much more than that. There is a demonstrated power. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is a demonstrated power that God wants to demonstrate in your life. He just needs you to come to him. He just needs you to make a decision that his power is greater than anything you thought that could happen in your ability. And so that's why you getting saved is so important. So I would love to disciple you the next year. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, here's your moment. All you got to do is like, Father, I'm a sinner. <laughs> Forgive me of my sins. I'm, I'm, I'm repenting of my sins. And then I want to make you Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, come into my life today. And then the Lord will lead you into the things. And I can help disciple you in the way. I love y'all so much. I'll see you back here at 5 in the morning. Share the video. Invite a friend. Go get connected to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Um, join the ladies Bible study group. Become a part of this mission that we have to change the world, to feed the homeless, to feed the sick, to reach and get the gospel throughout the world. Consider partnership and all those things. I love y'all so much. I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Love, peace, and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, 
Log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.